Tonight, through the filter of Christian rock, we're going to take a look at some very complex questions. Questions such as, why is it when we see somebody that's in need, that's hurting, that needs healing, why is it that we turn the other way? That's just our natural tendency. Why are we so self-centered? And is there a cure for our self-centeredness? To help us take a look at these questions, we're going to turn to the soulful and raw sound of a band from Georgia known as Yahweh's Tears. Welcome to tonight's live stream. This is Raven's Heart. And if you're watching us on YouTube live, go ahead and subscribe and hit that bell. And yes, you can weigh in this evening with your comments and uh, questions. And we already have one comment already from Keith Shevlin. Philip, do you know Keith? <laughs> man, Keith's my boy, man. Hey, hey, he has also been one of those, one of those people we've met through this. And, man, we thank God for every day. <laughs> Keith man, is awesome. So cool. He is. He is. He's been a big supporter of what we've been doing over here at Raven's Heart as well. Keith, welcome to the program tonight. We've got an exciting show lined up. Hey, and we got the Crater Good. He is back with us and he says hello. We're going to introduce everybody to some really good music tonight, but we're also going to have some very deep discussion. The Lord's really been leading us in that direction where this is more than just about the music. It's about the discussion and what the heart of what we get to is Jesus, which is all what this is all about right here. Philip, you got a couple people that are in the shot with you. I'm going to go ahead to the widescreen. Can you introduce us to everybody that you have at the table? All right. Well, look here. This right here is my boy, Jesse. He's the one that puts our little screaming little solos and the extra vocals in our music. And over here, I got my baby girl, Ansley, who is my bass player as the bottom end. And me, it don't matter who I am. I'm, the, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a guy that plays the guitar and acts like I'm singing. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we've got a hardcore Yahweh's Tears fan right here, Michelle L from South Carolina. She says, "Hey, y'all, I love that. I love What's that." Up, girl? I miss Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she puts the y'all in there. You can tell where she's from. It was if she put in there use guys, you would know that she was from like the northeast where I'm from. So, but uh, good to have you with us tonight, Michelle. And uh, uh, Keith says Ansley is killing it. You know, Philip, I, I did not realize this until we spoke on the phone yesterday, and it just really highlights something that God's been doing, and He's wanting to bring to the forefront. You guys are family. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, you guys, yeah. It's been a blessing playing with my family too, because just just the camaraderie and the fellowship and the vibe that we have together is just so awesome. I mean, it's just great. You know each other, so I guess that makes it a lot easier to do things. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I'm gonna tell you, it's been kind of cool. You know, me and Jess, and this was you know kind of kind of cool. We we actually, well, we met like what 
just about the time we started the band. I mean, we've been family all these years, obviously. But, you know, it wasn't but just two or three years back that we actually kind of got thrown together and started, you know, you know realizing that, man, we, we're a good unit together. You know, and obviously my baby girl here, you know, for it's been all her life she's been rolling with us. So. That's beautiful. You know, it's more than just about the chemistry. It's God really highlighting that nucleus of where it all starts. It starts with the family, the family, the body of believers, and then the nation. Uh, that That's really God's order. And God, we see that you honoring God's order and what you're doing with Yahweh's tears. And I want to talk about the name for a minute. Yahweh's tears, instead of just saying God's tears, you use the ineffable name of God, the four consonants out of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, why did you choose to go with Yahweh instead of just saying God's tears? Okay. I will say everything that, I, that we try to do is by design. See how I, explain, how I put this. All right. You would not believe how many, and really good Christians, I mean, I know they're Christians. Ask me, what is Yahweh? We threw it in there to make people realize that, you know, yeah, you're, as a Christian, you should be studying a little bit closer to your Bible and what's going on. You, should, you know, as it kind of makes you think, oh, I need to go back and look at my Bible more. And I need to kind of, where did that come from? Who is that? What is that? You know, it was, it was actually, we were sitting there, we were trying to bounce, trying to find a name. And all of a sudden it hit me, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to tell, I'm going to test some Christians. I'm going to, I'm going to see. Who's really paying that close of attention? And that's where Yahweh's come from. And in the tears part, you know, with, with everything going on in the world, with the, you know, the decline of humanity, you know, and also the good things we got going on. That's kind of like you raising one of your kids, you know. Your kids do something really good and you're really joyous, you're gonna get you you know, you're gonna get a little tear in your eye. But also too, when your kids do something that, you know, don't kind of fall into what you want, you know, you're gonna get that little tear if you worry about them. That was kind of the concept behind it. God looking down on us. We do a lot of good things, but we're also doing a lot of bad things. So the tears come from joy and from the pain. Not disappointment, but the pain that, you know, that we should be doing better. So that's where the name comes from. That's wonderful. And a lot of people don't realize that Yahweh, the God of the Bible, has emotions. He, he cries. And we, we even see that through Jesus, the third person of the Trinity, uh, when yeah. Jesus wept. Uh, the shortest yeah. Bible verse, and I put it at the beginning of uh, the edition tonight, is that's very real. And God does. He weeps tears of joy, tears of grief. Uh, that, that's all part of God's personality. And we're made in his image. So a lot of the things that we do are things that he does. And that's very imp uh, important for us to remember. And the grand says, Shalom. Uh, and then... Uh, Michelle, she says, so profound, and it is profound. And here's something even more profound about it, because I was thinking about it a little bit. There have been people that I've talked to, and it's like, they're like, yeah, hey, I, I worship God. And then all of a sudden you find out they're not worshiping Yahweh. They're worshiping a different God, not the God of Abraham, yeah. Isaac, and Jacob. So we really do, in a lot of instances, be need to be more specific of who we're worshiping. Uh, you know, is it Yahweh or is it some other God? And that's why God, you know, in the law said, thou shalt have no other gods before me because he knew that people would do that. So there's a definite, definite distinction there. One of the things in terms of music, a lot of people think that, well, music, it's supposed to entertain me, but there's many different purposes for music. 
Why is it that you produce music and what is it that you hope that your music does? What is your assignment that God has given you? Hmm. Well, I mean, my drummer, Hubert, which man, man of God, straight, I mean, straight to the point. But he says it best. A lot of times there are people out there that are lost. And there's a good many people that they're not going to go and listen to a pastor or a preacher. But there are a lot of times they will listen to music. So we're tasked with actually reaching those people. We're tasked with entertaining and putting out a word to people that already know, but also too, to put out a cool enough sound that those that would not you know, initially listen to the word of God, they hear some really cool riffs or some really cool music and then it's going to draw them in and, well, what is that? And then all of a sudden they're going to start hearing a message. You know, it's like, you know, it's talking about Keith. You know, Keith, when we did the shows with Keith and Rock Salvation, you know, that he liked what we did. When we did the shows together, you know, it was kind of everybody's busy passing. But when he sat down and started listening to our music and started realizing what we were doing, it kind of falls into that, that, oh, now I get it. You know, I see it. And that that's kind of what we try to do is when we reach, you might not catch it right now because all you're going to all you're hearing is this, these cool riffs or these outstanding crazy drum lines or something. And you're you're drawn in. And then all of a sudden we're, we're going to hit you with the message we're trying to get to you. That's why that's why we do music. You know, we've all every one of us were musicians up to this point. And, you know, and it was all from different, you know, different levels of our life, doing different things, secular bands, whatever. And we realized that, like with us, every one of us loved music. I mean, the music was part of a life for us. So there are people out there that love music. So what better way to reach out to people is to, to put out something that's going to entertain them. So that's kind of what we try to do. You do it very well. Your music is extremely, extremely profound. It's hard hitting. It just doesn't hit me up here when I listen to it. It hits me right in the center of the heart. And I want to go right into the track that we're going to talk about tonight and really have some deep discussion over some some good coffee. I see you got your coffee cup over there. I got mine over here. <laughs> we are <laughs> we are good to go. Uh, the track that I want to feature, it's uh, entitled Humanity. Before we listen to it, can you tell us what was it that inspired this song and what is it we're about to listen to here? What's the message that's going to be coming across? Okay. With, with that, with that particular song. All right. And I'm, I'm going I'm to call Augusta, Georgia as a basis for that song. There are, right here, I, you know, the, the things when we write our songs, a lot of the stuff comes from personal life and things that we see every day that, you know, are like right there in front of us. All right. And I'm gonna throw out one example that kind of really started sparking this. I got my my path to work every day. I, I mean, I pretty much go the same way down to Fort Gordon. Well, there's the little the little medium that divides Fort Gordon, you know, the Gordon Highway and you know Bel Air Road. There's always, and, and it seems like every day, and it's different people. There are always homeless people, you know, out there begging for money, you know, trying, you know, trying to just be able to get the basic necessities. I could sit there in that, sitting in that line on that for that turning lane, and you could probably watch maybe five percent of that entire line that you know would help these people. And the biggest thing that hit me hard was that when you start seeing, okay, 
just for example, you see license plates that say blessed, or you see Jesus fishes on back of cars, and those people are not reaching out to help these people in need. It kind of it starts hitting you. But also, too, you know, we, I don't know, if, you know, I know you guys know that we host a master down here. Well, a big part of that is, you know, when that master's is coming, like a lot, of, a lot of people around here stay in these hotels and different things. Well, they kick all these people out of these hotels at this point for people from the master's to come in and have hotel rooms. You know, it's, it, it is a, it's very disheartening when you start seeing those types of things happen. You know, we have, they have a running thing that they talk about all the time, the, the, the families coming out of the 15th Street Bridge. You know, you got mothers and kids that are coming, you know, kind of coming out from under these bridges, sleeping at night, and knowing their moms are begging, you know, trying to beg and trying to get money to feed their kids. I have no home. And it's just real disheartening that somebody's not doing better about reaching out and taking care of that for them and trying to help them, you know, move forward and do better and, you know, just get the basic necessities in life. That was, you know, that's part of the lyrics on the on the you know second verse. That's where those lyrics came from. Was that that particular instance when you see those families coming out from one of those bridges? Anybody knows me know that I'm pretty opinionated on stuff, and I and I will you know straight up say you know I see a lot of big churches. We we have some of the bigger churches in the in the area in this in this community in the Augusta and Evans area. We see a lot of programs like you know Happy Feet. You know, they, the churches get together and they get a bunch of shoes to send off to some overseas countries, which is great. But what are we doing here? What are we doing for our people that are here in your community, in your area? We can go over and install, you know, clean water treatment plants, which is great. That's awesome. I think we should do that, too. But we also need to kind of start taking part of that time to reach out to our people here that really need it. Because, you know, the thing, I, I get kind of a little disheartened when I see, you can see people riding down the road and see these people beside the road. And when they look at them, they look at them with a look of disgust or like, I, don't come near me. You know, and it's, you don't know their stories. You don't know what's happened there with them. You don't know why they're there. And that's kind of where th that come from. You know, we turn our heads to what we will not see. You, I see people riding down the road and they will make a conscious effort to turn away. Yeah. Yeah. This is Humanity by Yahweh's Tears.
is a lot to unpack in that song. Uh, when I listen to it, Phil, it moves me. It mentally and spiritually challenges me. Um, I really see the, the, the guitars, the riffs, everything that you got going on there moves you to that place where you receive the words that are being spoken. You know, the, the riffs are the vehicle that gets your words. And dude, your vocals on this are just like awesome. I mean, it's perfect, perfect for this song. Uh, we've got some comments that I want to go through before we start unpacking this one. And Phil, um, actually it's Keith, uh, says, Phil asked me to listen to their music a couple of years ago and I've been hooked because of this classic rock sound, but the lyrics make you think. And he also says that, uh, humanity is his fave. We also have Jermaine from Georgia as well from Tricord. He says, what's up Yahweh's tears. Well, well. <laughs> he says he's sorry he's late but his phone is dead and Jermaine remember and that's for anybody that's tuning in right now you can catch the replay you can do it on the Lithos Cry Facebook page or on YouTube the grant says hard hitting indeed and then um, we have Michelle Michelle's a couple steps ahead of us here she's yeah. seeing it already like the story of the good Samaritan yes we are going to talk yeah. about that a little bit tonight uh, will we just walk by or will we lend a helping hand I want to uh, just talk about the music just a little bit more because when I listen to this and it really does fit the message and fits in with what you're doing uh, there's several things that I hear in here and we were joking around about this before we before we uh, got online this evening is what did Glenn hear at 1 30 in the morning on Sunday when I was doing the previews for the music um, I heard this I heard the doors I heard the animals going all the way back. And if you listen to some of the doors, people are strange when you're a stranger, kind of the same. Ah, you're pointing to the guy over there. Yep. The yeah, doors. Um, exactly yep. The animals. And I mean, that rock, that music. Okay. When I was a kid growing up, I was not a doors fan and I was not an animals fan. That is music for a more mature palate. Really, you have to have, you know, different level or different layer of critical thinking. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, I get this stuff. And that's the way it is. Your music is for the more mature palette, what I would say, that wants to think a little bit more. There's social commentary in this. Um, when, when, and the other thing that I hear is I hear a throwback to Nirvana. And the beginnings of the grunge movement where everything was just kind of stripped away, just back down to the basics yeah. again. And it was everything was a societal comment. Um, smells like teen spirit. Uh, teen spirit. 
that was a commentary on society. I mean, I've seen preachers rip that one apart, but dude, that was a commentary on society is what that is. Yeah. You know, that's exactly. And that's exactly what this is. Um, and Jermaine, he says, uh, excites to hear you guys story and all. So, um, a lot of good story here, a lot of good stuff going on. And I have to ask this question because this is what, what really perked my ears up to this song. And it's really a paradox because in the song, basically you're saying that or showing, demonstrating that humanity is the problem, but then you say God's great plan is humanity. That's kind of a mind twister right there. What do you mean by singing that God's great plan is humanity when we're kind of the cause of the problem here? Okay, well, you think about it. What was, what was the two laws that Jesus laid down to us? Can you know, what? Believe in me and love thy neighbor as I love thyself, right? That's right. Humanity, mm -hmm. humanity is not, to me, it's not the actual person. The humanity is how we help each other, how we look out for each other. Jesus wanted us and God wants us to look out for each other. It is on us to work together to make things a world, a better world. So, you know, that's like, I hear the word charity. I don't like the word charity. To me, charity is like, oh, you've given somebody something. It's not. It's part of the law that was given down to us and for us to work together. Not everybody's on their own little path or own little thing and you know, oh, somebody else will deal with this. We're, that the humanity to me is how we work together. That is humanity. Humanity is reaching out to your brothers. That is humanity. That's why you know. That's why that, that where that lyric comes from. God's plan is humanity. We're the ones that's got to. We've got to rule down here to make this better, so that when He comes, it's a good place for Him to be. And that that's where the basis of that comes from. We are the vessels that he wants to use to be the solution to the problem. Exactly. Exactly. That's mind-blowing if you think about it. We are to be the vessels to be the solution to the problems on this earth. I mean, Jesus could fix it immediately, like, you know, right now. He could, he could fix it all. But he's left us here and he's chosen us. Uh, to do that. That's really a sobering thought if you think about it. And Michelle says, you know, with the content that we're talking about tonight and her her love for your music and where you go with it, she's like, oh boy, that means I'm mature, LOL. We're not <laughs> she, mature, but it's okay because you, you belong to us. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. And Michelle also says, I'm reminded of the quote from the Hindenburg disaster, oh, the humanity. Yes. Yes. So something else that you bring up in this song we turn our head to what we will not see. Man, this that's a punch, that's a gut punch right there. Well, from what you've observed, why do we why is it just our default setting when we see, oh, there's there's a homeless person over there, or there's somebody who's in need. Oh, I'm just gonna go turn the other way and go do my thing. When sometimes it gets even worse where we despise that person. It's like Oh, what did they do? Or hmm, what sin do they have in their life that got them in that situation? We read about that in scripture. Why do we do this? Why do we turn away when we're supposed to be the ones with the solution? Well, to my opinion, the big part of that falls on the fact that we are self-absorbed. We are as a, you know, 
the human race is a self-absorbed race. And it's kind of like what you have going on in your world is more important than anything else. So and your mindset is, well, somebody else will take care of this. There's somebody else that's going to take care of this. There, there's churches around here. There's this. So they'll take care of it. So I'm just, you know, I, I don't have time to deal with it. You know, well, there's got to be a reason they're here and in this place. Well, yeah, there are reasons, but it might not be the reasons that we think. Mm. Might be for you to get out of yourself. Yes. In some situations, that's a way to think about it. It's not necessarily about the person that you're helping, but that person might be there so that you can get out of yourself and help that person. And Keith is kind of picking up on my brainwaves over here because I'm kind of going to go into this in a second. Uh, Yahweh is always doing things for others. Uh, yeah. play, uh, played with them the way um, raise awareness for a youth local baseball league. They take care of each other very well, love them. So he means Yahweh's tears, but also Jesus. When you take a look at the ministry of Jesus, he was always in the moment. If yes. he saw something, he took care of it. He wasn't worried about what was going to happen the next minute. He wasn't even thinking about what was going to happen in the past. And if you want to talk about somebody who had something to worry about in the future, because he knew he was going to the cross, he knew that, but he still went outside of himself to help and to heal others. And one of the other accounts in scripture that I'm thinking of, it's one of my favorite ones is where he took the disciples to the tombs, to the gathering to cast out the devils. How many people walked past the gathering and it was like, Oh, that guy, oh, what a nuisance yeah. he is. And, you know, probably like what kind of music is he listening to, to be like that, to yeah. be like that, you know, <laughs> but Jesus, you know, right after the storm, after they're freaking out on the boat, you know, he takes them. Where does he take them to the gathering? You want to talk about getting out of yourself. And that was probably pretty scary because that dude, I mean, what thousands of devils, um, yeah. that's, that's no light lift there at all. And uh, Jesus was always in the moment. And that is so cool. What Keith brought up is that you guys, you're not just out there rocking to make a name for yourself. You're actually out there ministering to people. And that's why I feel felt so important to bring you guys on and highlight you because this is not about, hey, we got a band and we're looking for a record deal. We're out here doing something. We're, we've got something real to offer. And you can hear that so clearly in your music. Uh, um, and Michelle brought up, it reminds her of the good Samaritan. It reminds me of the good Samaritan as well. Um, you know, we read that and this is something I can't answer the question to. A lot of people say that it's a parable. Some say that it actually happened. It really doesn't say in scripture. It's, it's an account. We know that that place where uh, the man was beaten up was real. And, you know, there's a lot of great pearls in the good Samaritan. Uh, that account that Jesus gives, of course, it's good to help your neighbor. Also, Jesus is kind of putting the religious community in their place for not helping the person. But there's another pearl that we often miss in this, and that is help, true help, true compassion will oftentimes come from directions that we least expect it and from the people that we least expect it from. And I think that really exemplifies what you're doing because, you know, a lot of people would not expect the kind of help that you give to come from Christian rockers. Well, they should. Yeah. 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 I mean, but that's they, the thing they should because 
I've said this time and time again, the word of God is not just distinct to a certain group. And I think everybody's kind of open their, open their minds up and realize that, you know, Christianity is not a box to fit just a certain group of people. And Christianity is a whole, it's, it's a mountain. It's not, it's not a little anthill, it's a mountain to be explored. Yes. So, and, that, and that's, you know, people need to kind of open their eyes on things and not, because, and, you know, you put, put you four people side by side, dressed differently, and get somebody to point out a Christian. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, the Grand is bringing a very good point about the, having the ghost in the game, meaning the Holy Spirit set apart the Holy Spirit. You have to be led by the Spirit, really. Um, and that leads me to something else that I want to talk about with this, because it really just caught my ear. It caught my mind and, and heart as well. It, you know, at the beginning, you're really addressing, I believe, believers where you saying, look around, what do you see? The lack of faith, what should it be? So we're talking about a lack of faith here. How has a lack of faith on the part of believers, um, you know, contributed to the plight of those that are hurting and those that are in need? Well, the thing about it is that with the day, with the times, the way they are, people are getting so consumed by all the negative that's going on. And you get a lot of, you get a lot of Christians and a lot of, you know, righteous people starting to doubt and start, you know, Oh, I got to be this myself. I got self-preservation, self-preservation. I got to, you know, make sure I'm okay. And they don't realize, you know, we were told cast your bread upon the orders. I mean, God tell us, trust me. Don't, you know, you're gonna go through dark times. You know, the song the battle we wrote. It's kind of it's along the same lines that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He's gonna protect us. A lot of people are losing track of that and thinking that, oh, I've got to. I've got to take care of you. Know, it's, it's on me to take care of me. So they don't they don't lean on their faith as much as they really should, because that's what we're told to do. It's like, hey, you're gonna have a hard time. Lean on your faith. Give it to me. Put it in my hands. I'm gonna help you. And people, there's a great many people that's not doing that. And so it kind of they kind of get in this little you know little sidewalk and they stay on that sidewalk. They're not gonna veer because it's not safe. Then that's you know that's that's what I referred to the point that people are not actually really opening their mind and their hearts to the whole grand scheme. It's kind of like I say this a lot of times that you get a watered down version of religion to a point to whereas people is like it's it's all fluff. They're not taking into account the hard stuff. And then and that's why they, people are like, okay, I just want to hear only good, and I want to you know. I want sunshine and roses, and that's it. But they're not taking into account the hard stuff, and the hard stuff is to reach out to help people and to, you know, to actually have the bravery and the, you know, to actually release your trouble and put them in God's hands. Do and do the things that He asks you to do. That is faith. Faith is you having faith that God's words, God's plan. Is going to protect you and take you where you need to be. That's that's where I feel that's come from. I I have to talk about this for a second because there, as you're speaking, there's just so so much going on and so much stirring in this conversation. 
when Jesus sent out the disciples and not just the, the, the 70, basically, he sent them out with nothing. He's like, take nothing with you, nothing at all. Don't take any money. Don't take any of that stuff. Go and minister. Now, in today's world, people would, if Jesus told somebody to do that today, they'd look at him and be like, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts because I need this. I need this. I need this. I need my Gucci handbag. I need my you know, four-door car, my SUV. I need all this to do this. And Jesus said, go out and do. And in faith, they went out and did that. And they ministered and they cast out devils. They healed the oppressed. They, they, freed the, they freed those that were in bondage. They healed the brokenhearted. And because they were doing that, God provided for them. And a discussion I was having the other night uh, with someone was, well, you know, faith and having faith that God will provide you with all of the needs and all of the resources, you know, basically what's the difference between that and the prosperity gospel. And the difference is this, is that when you're walking in the will of the Lord and going about and doing his work and not focused on your needs, he's going to provide your needs for you while you're fulfilling. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And that's why he said, give and it'll be given unto you. Absolutely. And and that's actually that's actually the context of that. I told you people this was going to get deep tonight. This is a little bit different. Uh, I'm processing everything as we're talking about the uh, because this is uh, two porterhouse steaks uh, all at once. Michelle has a comment. Uh, she says you are doing the Lord's work, the hands and feet of Jesus, and sharing the gospel, and so humble. Yes, and they're good musicians too. Uh, yeah, they're using oh, no, I'm their not, gifts. I'm really not that good of a musician. I, 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 I ride his back all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine says that's good stuff. So here's the bottom line. If we're anxious for everything, oh God, where's where's my next meal going to come from? Where's my, you know, is, is my paycheck going to be okay? What's my 401k? How are my stocks today? If we're all anxious about that, we're going to miss everything else going on around us. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, how did Jesus tell his uh, his disciples he would come back? He said, I come, could come back as a beggar in the night. Did he not say that? Yes. So you got to realize that God, us having what we need and us surviving and, you know, having food, you know, that's everybody worries about prosperity and wealth. The wealth itself comes from the word of God. That's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I look at the when he fed, you know, he fed the multitude with the fishes. He did not feed their stomach, he fed their soul. And yeah. that was, you know, that you're gonna get that. You will be taken care of no matter what comes and goes. He will take care of you. And people need to realize that. But in you go in turn, you got to put out to everyone else. You know, what is it in Ezekiel sixteen six? What is it he told he told the man when he brought him back to life? Do not waste the gifts I've given you. So we mm. don't waste that. We go forward with that. Mm. And I really believe that we're coming to a time in history in the world where the believers are really going to have to depend upon the Lord for their sustenance. Um, just go to the grocery store; shelves are empty. Um, go through McDonald's. You know. Man, I bought a McDonald's meal. I'm ashamed to say that I did it, but I bought a McDonald's meal the other <laughs> night and I'm used to paying, you know, six, seven yeah. bucks and the yeah. bill comes 12 bucks. I'm like, 
man, I could have you know gotten something a whole lot better somewhere else uh, for that. And Michelle says, amen. So we're coming to a time where we're going to have to rest on that faith. And that's one of the things that I like about Ravens. You know, I got my buddy Raven over here. And we got Ravens all over the place is when Jesus um, was talking about provision and God's faithfulness, he said, consider the Ravens. God provides for them. He does. And uh, the, the Raven is really a symbol of faith because they don't go around worrying about their 401k. And actually, Ravens share their stuff with other, you know, they'll share stuff with you. That's what they do with Elijah. They share with each other. We can take a lesson from the way that they share from their storehouse, and they do build storehouses as well. Jermaine says, so true. We are so distracted by vain things. The enemy literally is doing whatever he can distract to distract us from what's to come. We won't be properly prepared if we stay distracted. And that's why it's very important for us to stay in the word of God and focus on the word of God and not what we're hearing on television. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We have, I know I'm not promoting our music, but there is a line in one of our songs, Kings and Queens that touches that, you know, it's, it says we're Kings and Queens. It's not about riches or going rings. The reason mm -hmm. behind that you govern and you reign over your domain and your home and the things that you do. The material, the material possessions, that's nothing. It's what you put forth. The legacy you leave is what you do for those around you and the community. That is, you know, that's what that is. Yeah. Jermaine says, uh, Keith says, Jermaine nailed it. And he did with that. What a, uh, what insight into that. And, Philip, would you say that when we become anxious and we start worrying about our stuff that we need, that we lose our position as a king and as a queen? I don't think you lose your position, but you will also have a sold kingdom. Hmm. If, if your kingdom's about possessions and being bigger and better than the, the next kingdom, then you are, you are in a sold kingdom. What you what we were supposed to move forward to as kings and queens of his light is that we are supposed to cultivate with our children, our family, our friends, people around us. That is what being a king, kings and queens in his eyes are. It's it's reigning your life, governing your life to his words. Mm. That way, when he comes to this, when it's time, when he steps his foot back on this earth. It will be a light, not him having to struggle to bring us back to light. Wow. 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 And that's why it's so important for us to cast down every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. When you find yourself becoming anxious, you need to cast that down. You know, you need to, you need to throw that down. And it's called discipline. So it takes discipline to reign, it takes walk in alignment with what God is doing. And you know, I have to say this, we have seen over the past several years, so many ministries just go down the tubes because of you know, character issues. And what we're talking about, yes, Michelle, you are part of the mature group <laughs> with this, mm -hmm. is mature stuff to really be entrusted with the stuff of the kingdom of God. You have to be walking in discipline and maturity uh, to be able to do it because he does want to 
provide those things, not for us and for our comfort. And I'm thinking about myself many years ago when I started in ministry, like way back in the day. And the way that I think about things is so different now. It's like, okay, where's my house? You know, I'm going to get my house and is this going to be taken care of for me? Uh, Really? It's like the only reason why I want resources and stuff is so that I can give, so that I can release the word of the Lord, so that I can support others and and help each other, uh, help other people out. And I think it's so easy. And, you know, we have to be very careful when we see a lot of ministries fall and a lot of ministers fall. It's like, oh, look at what they did. But it's it's a it's a it's a tough walk. It's a tough walk to walk in that discipline and to reign with that discipline, soiling you know, not soiling the kingdom uh, that uh, the area, the sphere that you're supposed to reign in. That is so profound and so deep. I want to talk about this because I think it's very important, and I want all of our viewers and listeners to really kind of think about this a little bit because we have people that are watching that are not believers and. You know, we would say it's just common human knowledge and thought and heart that if you see somebody not taking care of somebody else, you would say that that person is a bad person because they're ignoring somebody who's in need. That's not good. You know, that all kind of rises up in everybody just out of our conscience. Uh, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Very few would. However, where the disagreement comes in is okay, are we selfish? Are we. Uh, inhumane and you know, inhumane to other people because that is what is born into us and that's our default setting? Or are we products of our society? Where does that self-centeredness come from? And I, I'm asking that question so we can get to the solution to this problem of self-centeredness. Philip, what is it? Are we born with the innate selfishness, self-centeredness, or is it that come about because of our environment? Truth be told, we're born with it and in its environment. And, oh. and I'm, I'm going to put an explanation of that. Okay. You take, you take a one-year-old child. You know, you got something sitting on your coffee table. That child is, knows that it's not, you, you know, they don't supposed to have it, right? Even at one year old, if they go up and pick it up, what's the first thing you're going to do? They're going to put it behind their back, right? Those those things are all in, always in us. And it, it has been since the dawn of time. That has been the the actual downfall of the human race from the beginning of time to now. You know, we're talking about Adam and Eve. Okay, we will put, and I know we're going way back in this, you know, kind of some cliche stuff. Adam and Eve. Okay, they were not supposed to eat from the fruit. Oh, that's what put the sin in them, but that that's absolutely wrong in my opinion. Because the true sin was they still had the desire to want to do it. And it's been that way through our entire, you know, all the generations. There's always been that in us. The greed, oh, I want, oh, I want that power. It's always been there. That, that true sin has been there since the beginning. Even before, you know, they of the tree of knowledge. The desire to eat from the tree of knowledge was there. They, if they was not there, they could not have been convinced to do so. So, and you go through all, you know, through all the generations, all the way through, all the big civilizations have fallen because of that same thing, the quest for power, the quest for money, the quest for control. So, I do believe that it's in us, but it's cultivated by, you know, if you're, if you're, if you are in a society that is just crazy, I mean, just crazy and selfish, 
at some point, you got to really lean hard on your faith to, to not get drawn into that. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like you walking on the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, you can fall either way at any time, depending on, you know, which way you're leaning. And, and I do believe it is in us, but it is also societal that, that kind of, you know, trains us to be this way. Yeah. 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 Uh, Keith brings up uh, an, an interesting point, and I'm following him on, on this here. And this has nothing to do with gender roles or anything like that. Yeah. Adam named things, and Eve claimed the fruit, and it fell apart. So Adam didn't claim anything. Okay. Eve claimed the fruit, and the, you know, basically the name it claim it. This is, you know, that's the first place we see that. Oh, because it was beautiful to the eyes. Um, and you're right because there was that desire for it and that desire. Yeah, they were there. And, and we do have to admit that the desire was inflamed by the lies of the serpent that was in, in the garden. Uh, and then she claimed it and, uh, Adam was not doing his role or duty as a husband and let his wife do that. Um, that's why it's Adam's sin. He was not taking care of his fle- the flesh of his flesh and, and the bone of his bones. And uh, there's so much going on in there. And, you know, when you were going back to the Garden of Eden, you know, unfortunately the church has made it cliche because they don't dive into the depth of really what was going on there and what was happening. And even before that, there were issues in the heavens and um, the earth, even before that with creatures rebelling against God, Uh, you had Lucifer's fall uh, before all of that. Uh, You had the issue with Leviathan and uh, that's a whole nother story that we can get into at a later date where that turned the earth into absolute chaos because Leviathan rebelled against God. Um, So there's all these things that happen and there's always been that desire for sin to name it and claim it because it's uh the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life it looks so so pretty but it will destroy everything michelle brings up an interesting point i love the discussion that we're having tonight because we're getting back to some of the good old roots of the gospel you know that's that's what this is and um you know seeing jesus glorified michelle says yes the lord has taught me so much through the trials and tribulations of life and that's going back to the point of becoming a mature son or mature daughter and you were talking about this earlier phil is that Jesus didn't promise that this was going to be easy. It's it's difficult. And it's through the trials and the tribulations that we become more mature. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like, you know, you go into the gym. We're going we're gonna to go through trials and tribulations to make us stronger. When we reach God's army, we need to be strong. We cannot be weak. So the trials and tribulations will be there to strengthen us. When we walk through the gates, we are a we are a strong soldier in his army and in his sight. Yeah. And how society is conditioning people to avoid all of that. Um, if you feel stressed out, don't do it. Just, just don't, you know, don't push through it, move away from it. And unfortunately, a lot of Western Christianity, it's that way. I mean, if you compare the Western church to the church in China, it's like the difference between day and night with the things that they're going through, but God is blessing them, you know, people being saved, moves of the Holy Spirit in ways that, you know, we, we couldn't even imagine. Let's see, we've got another comment here. William Ferguson says, being an active Christian is not for the faint of heart. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let not your heart be troubled. That's actually, that's in the word. That's, that's there. So, 
Philip, what is the solution to our selfishness? How do we, and I want you to address this both for the believer and the non-believer, two tiers here. Well, the solution, I mean, it, it is a pretty simple solution. You've got to actually look back, take the laws and the word of God and what he's actually asked of us. And you drive that home. You you do that every day. The solution is we actually live by God's laws. You know, you you don't have to be. So explain this. Okay, I'll throw this out. Me, Keith, we always have long discussions when we talk, and I've I've told him this before. I probably could not, literally, quote to you maybe five or six scriptures in the Bible. But I can tell you, I do understand everything that God's word has put out there. I can understand what's from the Bible. I, Jesse, my boy here, he helps me with that. He'll, he'll, he'll put in the scripture for me. And, you know, we've got to understand what God is trying to tell us, not just, oh, we read a scripture, and but we don't we don't take time to break it down. Or we we don't want to we don't want to kind of break out there to have somebody get aggravated with us or or we, we're scared of hurting somebody's feelings. We've actually got to have the strength to put the words out there in the way we really feel about things strongly as God wants us to. Not, you know, like I said earlier, I don't do the watered down thing. Actually understand the whole pain and suffering and all the things that God and Jesus and the whole Trinity have brought forth to us you know crucifixion it was not an easy you know it's like I said, oh he didn't just walk to the cross and die there was a lot of pain that jesus suffered for us so we have got to the solution and i'm i know i talk a lot i'm very like i said i'm very opinionated but the solution is we actually look back and take that not for the little lightweight but realize in our hearts the actual, the pain, everything that really was involved in that, the fire, the, you know, the way the man was beat for us. And we move forward and say, you know what, if he looked at us to whereas, you know, they are worthy of me doing this, then we need to look at ourselves as we're worthy of doing it. So let's follow what he's telling us and let's do the right things. That is the solution. We've got to follow what Jesus tells us to do. You're going to struggle every day with this stuff. There's going to be something that's going to get thrown at you every day. The true believers and the hardcore Christians are the main ones that will get attacked from all sides. But you know what? You've got to stand strong. You've got to stand firm. you actually got to push forward and do like you, me, like a lot of the people that are really putting the word out there are doing. You keep the faith. You keep going. The disciples, every, you know, being martyred, I, I'd be martyred for I'd be martyred for God any day of the week because it's the right thing to do. You move forward with what He tells you. That is the solution to the problem with humanity. Point out that don't be scared to call people out. Point out, hey, this is wrong. I gave you the questions before we before we did this, and I just kind of threw them out there to you so that you could kind of prepare for this. 
I did not know the direction that this was going to go this evening. And I want to bring up something that Jermaine just said, and it got me thinking about, and you just hit upon it. The spirit is moving tonight. Uh, Jermaine says, man, you speaking truth on that one. We were told that uh, we would have to go through that. People will not be ready for martyrdom here in the Western church. True persecution is coming. Will we stand or fall away is the question. And yes, it is coming. And I've heard, I've heard a lot, and it bears witness with my spirit, is that there is more shaking and more trouble coming. And there, yes, there will be persecution coming to the church because when persecution occurs, the church grows even more. It's kind of interesting how it works that way. And that's God's desire. But we are in the last, this is the last Thursday of August, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, this is the last Thursday of August. And we're moving into September. Uh, we're moving into the Jewish High Holy Days that are coming up. We're moving into the Jewish New Year, and that's a big deal for all of us. Um, you may or may not be, have Jewish blood in your in your bo- in your body, but you've been grafted into the nation of Israel. And there's two calendars. There's the Julian calendar that we that we go by, and then there's also the Jewish calendar. And if you notice, there's always major movements at the beginning of the year on the Julian calendar, and, and also. In September, when you have the Jewish High Holy Days, there's two time frames. So we have to be aware of that. If you take a look historically at major significant world events that have occurred in September or during the Jewish High Holy Days, it'll blow your mind. And one of them was September 11th, where there was a major shift. I really believe that we are moving into a a month and a time, another time season right now, where we're, I don't know exactly what it is. But I really believe that what's happening this evening is preparing our hearts for what is coming very soon. Uh, I mean, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. You see it already. The gas prices, supply chain issues, um, war in the Ukraine, it's it's a mess out there. And God is doing this. I mean, it's, it's, it's accelerated after COVID. And I really believe, Philip, a lot of the things that you're saying tonight and where the Lord's been leading you and what to say is preparing our viewers and our listeners for something that is about to come around the corner that we need to be prepared for. But we do not need to be afraid of it. We do not need to be anxious about it. We need to cast out, man, we need to grow up now. It's time. If if you're listening and you're still toying around with anxiousness in your mind, self-pity, all that stuff that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, where it's got you focused in your world and your stuff, it's time to grow up and go out. That's the word for this evening. Grow up and go out. It's time to do it. Um, man, you know, I, I just feel the spirit so differently tonight as we're doing this. Um, yeah, I'm, it's just, I'm just taking and absorbing everything that's, that's going in. Um, a lot of times I'm a lot more animated and yeah, I am a little bit tired tonight, but the spirit's moving on me very differently tonight. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the, in the next couple of weeks. I, I don't know what it is, uh, but there is stuff that is that is coming. We got some more comments rolling in. I love the discussion that we have tonight. William Ferguson. Oh, wow. Awesome. Suffering as a Christian is part of the process. As we make it through tough times, we usually get gifts from that suffering. And guess what? Will's band's name is Suffering Gift. Um, we become stronger, have empathy for others, suffering, are more aware of our own shortcomings, etc. Mankind does not want to be reminded of their sins, so Christians will be attacked just by mentioning the name of God. We Christians must support each other. Iron sharpens iron. 
Yes, Will, Will, you just you just nailed it on the head. Keith's like, wow, this is deep and very spirit filled. Um, prepare your hearts, people. There's stuff coming. Oh yes, it's coming. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I, I the word says so. You know, it, it, it's going to happen. And when we move into harvest time, I mean, you know, we we talk about the Book of Acts. We talk about the revival. Um, you know, when three thousand were added to the church daily. And Peter prophesied, you know, and God poured out, will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Well, we kind of stay there, but then we don't read about the the pillars of smoke and the blood and everything like that. That's in the rest of it. That's all going on at the same time. When God pours out his spirit, there's a, there's two things going on. There's the glory of the Holy Spirit, and then there's all this mess in the world that that is going on. Um, Jermaine says you nailed that man, and he's talking to Will and William's so true. Will, thank you for that uh, this evening. It's through the suffering, and look what came from Jesus's suffering on the cross: a bride, a bride. You know, Isaiah fifty three, um, and no servant is above his master. And man, him. Um, this this whole thing where, hey, we're not going to suffer. We're just going to get raptured out when it, it starts getting rough. I used to believe that. I don't believe that much <laughs> anymore. Uh, we're here for a purpose. And Phil, I want to thank you so much for your insights tonight. Um, yeah, I, I, I had I had no idea where this was going to go. Uh, I knew, you know, I wanted to put those questions out there because that's what was resounding in the song. And this heart that you hear sharing the word of God, this is what is in every Yahweh's tears song this is what you're gonna hear this isn't hey a band that's just trying to to, trying to make a name for themselves or make a record or trying to get out there and just do their thing um they're doing ministry okay they're they're doing ministry and one of the things i appreciate about it you know i love i love music that you know is is very um refined and got all the bells and whistles to it and everything like that and i love that stuff but man you nail it with your sound. I mean, it fits the message with what you're doing. It's just raw and it's a gut punch and it's, sir, it's a tool. Your music is a tool and, uh, you, you need, everybody needs to listen to Yahweh's tears and where can people get Yahweh's tears? Where can they download your music to get it on their playlist so they can get edified? Well, we are, we are pretty much on every streaming services out there. Um, but we have found that, it's kind of hard to look look us up for some reason. So what what you can do? And we are also on every, most social media platforms. So if you want to you know add to our our Facebook page, our um, Instagram page, our YouTube, we also have TikTok, and we can actually send you guys the link to our Distro Kick, which we you can go through there, and you know you can go through any on any streaming services that you choose, and you can actually lock in our album there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and every, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, pretty much every media, social media that you could uh, put out there. Besides yeah. Twitter, we won't do Twitter. William says, uh, Will Ferguson says, don't be surprised at the calamities in this world. No, it is part of God's plan. Yes, well, he is sovereign. It is part of his plan. So do not be anxious and rest in God's word that he will protect and strengthen us for these battles. And um, 
Jermaine, I love this. He's throwing he's throwing a smoke grenade in there right now, and this is a discussion we can have at a later time. I believe if the rapture happens during the tribulation, it's in the word. We will have to suffer as a body. Some, you know, and, and Jermaine, um, as my theology and as I've I've grown in the Lord, I. I'm kind of there with you too. Now, I know there's probably somebody watching or listening. Oh, the emails will start rolling in on that one. But you know what? Yep. Bring it on. But here's the thing is that when the rapture occurs is not the main thing. It's about being saved. It's about the gospel. You know, all all the other stuff we can talk about. We can talk about that on the side, but it's about being born again, you know, and really for somebody who's not saved, and they're seeing, hey, I'm selfish. You know, I do these things that you're talking about. That's the first way. That's the first step is to become, you know, is to be born again. And that's not you just deciding, hey, you know, I'm going to be a better person or, hey, I'm going to uphold the law. That's Jesus saving your soul. That's a supernatural renewal on the inside where you ask Jesus, Jesus, save me. And you see so clearly that you're in need of that salvation. And Jermaine about the smoke grenade, he's like, LOL. Yes, let the emails, man, I've been getting the emails about smoke machines and hard rock and lightning bolts and serpents and metal and everything <laughs> like that. Bring on the ones about the rapture people, you know, go, go ahead and do that. So <laughs> absolutely. Hey, everybody, I just want to remind you, we are going to be back next week. Uh, we, we'll be back at eight o'clock um, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday night. And we got another band that we're going to feature. It's Ragamuffin Sons. They're really, really good. So we're excited about that. Join us at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we got another comment that's rolling in here. Um, there we go. He's like, this is church right here. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yes. Lithos Cry is a community of believers. Thank you, Keith. And, you know, I have to do this for you. I was so taken back by the music and the discussion that we were having. And I have to do this for you because it's really deserving of it. Um, yes, Amy, my pit terrier, was in the studio last night as we were doing the final uh, listens of uh, of uh, humanity, and yes, it gets an Amy's paw of approval. So, um, <laughs> oh, that's, all right? <laughs> that's it. I mean, what more can you ask I mean, for? You yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> get the golden paw of approval on that one. Uh, she was up here jamming out to that as well. Hey, people, thank you so much for joining us. Phil, if you could stay on the line, I'm going to close everything out here and uh, be right back. And we'll talk a little bit offline. And oh, man, comments are still coming in. I'm going to take this one here too. Yes, <laughs> Keith says, yes, the paw. And Michelle says, yay, Amy. She works hard up here. I'll tell you what, you know, listening to music, um, it's a tough job and she's got a nice, comfortable carpet that she rests on when she does it. But hey, everybody, until next week at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday night with Ragamuffin Sons. Peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.